This is a Need 10 Media production. Hello, it's Nate Clayberg, and welcome to this episode of That's a Job Podcast. On this show, we will not only talk professionals about the jobs that they have and how they got there, but we're expanding this season on answering key questions related to helping students find their pathway beyond education. Now to this week's episode with Disrupt Education's Peter Hostrauser. All right, back for this season of That's a Job podcast. And I would say when I say that's a job, I put a question mark at the end. But for this episode, I want to put an exclamation point on that's a job because I want to put special attention to uh, the gentleman we're going to talk to, Peter Hostrauser. And I'd have to think back to how we even got connected, probably through some sort of other circle network group that we got into, but an educator, a coach, uh, a disruptor uh, by trade in, in education. And uh, Peter, welcome to, I got I to gotta make sure I get my punctuation right. That's a job <laughs> with the exclamation point uh, podcast. It's great to have you on for uh, inside this third season. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to uh, that's a job. I can say it like that. How about that? <laughs> hey, that works. That works most definitely. So, you know, I, I you know, going back through and I, and I'm, I should try and think through how we even got connected. And, uh, you know, it's I think we got connected because there's people that see kind of the work that we're doing is work that you're surprised isn't happening within education and the demands that we hear from companies and, and our economies on, on the challenges with workforce and things like that. Uh, but I think we got connected. Yeah. Michael Gonzalez, I think is who connected us through, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, through, LinkedIn. through a clubhouse chat if clubhouse. Oh, was it? It was clubhouse. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. I haven't. Really it is. It is. Either. There's, yeah, there's <laughs> quite a few, not as many as there was, but yeah, it is. Uh, it's still out there. So we got connected, I think, just because uh, we both have, are, are are pushing uh, the boundaries of what is being taught to our youth. And and you are, uh, I'm more quasi-education, but I would say I'm more, uh, you're embedded, you know, uh, from your standpoint of, of teaching and seeing students uh, full-time on a daily basis, right? Right. 20, 21 years as a high school business educator, CTE, whatever else there is around you know, employment and education. So was that something you you were looking at, you know, and I guess I'll go back to my uh, usual intro question is, you know, 18 year old Peter leaving high school, what were you telling people you'd be doing? Was it teaching? <laughs> no, actually, my dad is a uh, um, was he's retired now, uh, 33, 36 year math teacher at the high school level. Um and he told me not to be a teacher. So uh, because of the politics, uh, you know, being the son that I am, the middle son, I had to actually go against his word eventually. But um, uh, 18 years old coming out. Actually, I graduated when I was 17. I was like, I have an August birthday. Um, I was supposed to go to college. Um, that was uh, my route. My parents said, you're going to go to college. Had no idea uh, what I wanted to do. Had no idea of my skills. I was a great student playing student, I should say. I wouldn't say I was a great learner. I was a great student. Um, and uh, I didn't even make a choice of going to uh, college until well into July after I graduated. 
um, and just not knowing. And basically, it was a small college uh, that I did circle back to later in my uh, educational career. It's called Bethel College. It's Bethel University now. Um, it is the one in Mishawaka, Indiana. There is one up in Minnesota. Um, yeah, and I got a tennis scholarship. They were starting a tennis uh, um crew there a tennis uh, team and they're like they threw a couple bucks at me very minimal and um and my brother was there so i was like all right let's go here and that that was the start of 18 year old me <laughs> well that's where you can at least say you were a, a college student athlete right yeah well yeah, yeah for one year <laughs> yeah you got a college scholarship on an athlete but you know as you as you look at your pathway and and uh through tennis and then beyond um you know, it, we, we, I think we suffer from the same, uh, uh, point in our lives of being aspire, aspiring broadcasters that now have rekindled, uh, that with podcasting, but, you know, I guess talk through that path of you still weren't quite, uh, um, I guess you uh, going on to college and looking at teaching, but you know, mm -hmm. there must've been some other aspirations you thought yeah. you'd be getting into. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, one of the things that uh, I did at Bethel College was they they had a radio station there, a very small college at the time. It's grown substantially, um, and I got on radio uh, with a buddy, and we just you know had an hour show, and um, you know there was a lot of rules. It was very uh, kind of a strict Christian university, which I probably needed at that time, um, and. Uh, we did pretty well. Uh, we had some fun with our show. Um, and I decided that was something that I was very interested in. And they just didn't have a communications department. Um, and so uh, at being a person that really likes a challenge and to say, I told you so, um, I transferred to Valparaiso University um, for uh, my final four years. So I actually went five years to get a communication broadcast journalism degree. Uh, but I, I say that challenge because when I applied uh, to uh, Valparaiso University as a high school kid, like I was applying to colleges, I just wasn't taking it seriously. Um, they denied me on my SAT score, which was get ready. So this should make everybody happy. 790. So I barely spelled my name correctly um, on this test. Um, it was me partially being lazy, being stubborn, um, not you know, I was already thinking in the disruptive mode that I didn't know yet that I'm like, this thing isn't going to define me. Well, I found out it closed some doors. But what was interesting is I was, you know, I don't know, B minus student at, uh, in college and they took me right away. And I partially think it's because they saw that my grandfather, who was a entrepreneur and was very successful and put away money for us to go to college, well, we paid in cash the first year. And I'm I'm just in my mind, I'm thinking that college said, oh, wait, yeah, they pay their bills. Yeah, just a so, minute. You know, just so, a minute. Yeah. yeah. Provisional so, enrollment. <laughs> right. So so that's where I went through uh, my last four years uh, of college and broadcast journalism uh, major at uh, Valparaiso University. And then did you actually go to work in that uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, my my. So this is. Another and this all kind of feeds into how I became a professional in the education sense. Um, I did do an internship my senior year of college uh, at a radio station in the middle of Indiana, a small farm community, um, and I I hated it. <laughs> you got to you got to give me the top of the hour ID. 
that you oh, had to do. Can you, you know, can you it wasn't, that? I mean, I could throw my Howard Stern WNBC, but it wasn't that, I, you know, I actually, I'd have to look up this radio station. I can't even remember. And I don't even know if it's still there. That's, I how, do that's remember, how impactful it was. In right. Your life. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember the guy who was a sports broadcaster um, who uh, he, he was a pretty big deal. And I think he's still around. His name is Todd Eichau. Um, and, uh, he was all of four foot nine, but man, this guy was in the middle. I mean, this is when the bulls were making their run. So that's what I was like, wow, man, this guy's doing all kinds of stuff. He's got Jordan Pippen. He's talking to all these guys, um, because he was a Northwest Indiana guru around, you know, sports and we were doing some high school stuff. So I see you're looking up, so you got to find well, out if he's yeah, still there. Yeah, I don't yeah. see nothing pops just yet. Okay, yeah. So uh, this is back in the '90s, so who knows? Um, but anyway, he, you know, he was a good dude. Um, we had a we had a lot of fun, um, but definitely held me uh, in tight, and you know, had me doing stuff that I just I just didn't have fun doing. And then, like you, I looked at that uh, salary range, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, that's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have is to. Is he get, the like, voice? Is he the voice of Valpo? I believe if he still is, yeah, that would be him. Okay, so, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I C K O W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they only have, they only have a picture of him from chest up. They don't. Yeah, have, they of don't course. Show, yes, they don't Very show short guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but man, he he had a heart of gold, and he had a, he was a drive man. He was a force, and he probably I mean maybe he still is, but um, but yeah. So I just didn't like it, and uh, and you know, part of me was thinking, well, what do I do now? Right, I just graduated. Right. I have uh, this degree. Um, everybody's competitive. Uh, uh, so, you know, one of the interesting things that we did in our, we moved into a house and our senior year and our, um, you know, the owner of the house was like, you know, don't mess us up because, you know, you guys are college students, four guys. I'm like, yeah, no problem. But he's like, you guys can do anything in the basement. So what do you do? You build a bar, right? So we build a bar in the basement and we had, we had a lot of fun, very responsible. You know, we made sure people got home. It's what's interesting is like, you know, at least one or two of us did not, you know, imbibe during these parties. So we, we wanted to make sure people were getting home safe and not driving and things like that. Um, there's a past, you know, my own history. I, I do have a family members that were killed by drunk drivers. So it may, it meant a lot, um, to me to make sure that people were doing this, but we were pretty good at it. We, we would get, um, a lot of, a lot of people show up. Um, and so I went into bartending. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go get a bar uh, mixology license. So I was, I am a licensed mixologist. It sounds so cool. Um, but I can sling drinks. And then that's, that was launched me into the world. And now you're teaching kids. <laughs> There's a long road between them, there. <laughs> and you're not teaching them about vodka gimlets or how much vermouth to no, put in No, no. But I am teaching them how I found those skills, right? Like we did we did mix drinks and have some fun there. Um, most people, I believe, uh, were of age. I'm just going to leave that there. But uh but, you know, um, I did notice, you know, I had some skills. I, I had some good, you know, communication skills, talking to people, uh, social aspect. And I was like, yo, you know, I think it's every kid's dream at some point or another, you know, who is in the college scene of socializing that you want to open a bar, right? So we're like, yeah, all right. Well, we never, I never tried that, but um, I did get into a country club, uh, slinging drinks, uh, Nola Country Club out of South Bend, uh, Indiana. And, that's when I really started networking, started talking to people, 
Uh, there's a lot of people sitting around making money golfing. And that made me interested. I was like, so tell me, you know, how are you doing these things? And I met bankers, real estate agents, uh, marketing people, all kinds of people. Did, um, did so. you find they were pretty open about telling their stories and, and talking yeah. about how they got there? The more I slung them drinks, the more they know. Um, but no. Uh, well, there's yeah, some truth absolutely. to that, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, you know, 22, 23 at the time. And, you know, they saw a young, hungry kid for information. And uh, again, that's something that, that I also pass along to students is, you know, you can ask these questions. And uh, I, you know, formed a pretty good friendship with uh, one of the sons of a marketing guy. We ended up moving to Florida. Uh, you know, renting out their parents' space. Uh, I got away um, and also made friends with a banker there uh, at the country club that uh, actually worked with, uh, who's a vice president of a local bank in South Bend area, um, who came into play when I had to get a loan and write a business plan. So, um, you know, then I bounced around a little bit down in Florida. Uh, I needed to move away. I needed to get out of the out of the region. Um, learned a lot. Um, worked on a golf course. Worked in a hotel front desk for a little while, um, and then I finally got my shot to come back and work on a cable access uh, station out of Warsaw, Indiana. Uh, and part of that was uh, sports. Uh, so Warsaw, Indiana, for those who don't know, um, was is still. Um, you know, one of the meccas of Indiana basketball. Um, as a matter of fact, a few of the players way back in Hoosiers were from Warsaw, Indiana, they, who acted on that. Um, and, you know, uh, we got to do some uh, different ESPN-like commercials and things like that for local stuff. And and I started learning a lot about creating... And a hotbed for water show skiing. Uh, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> there you go. I was, I was there about three years ago for a national tournament. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You said Warsaw. Yeah. And I, went, I think I've been to Warsaw. Warsaw, yeah. Warsaw. Not Poland, Indiana. That's it, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but yeah, you know, going on from there... Um, you know, the, the business that we were working at, um, was, was limiting, um, felt like after a year or two, it started limiting our creativity. So, uh, me and my college roommate who actually got me that job and was working there, we started our own business and, uh, we started uh, doing video productions back in the SVHS beta days, um, and started doing some video work, uh, took out a loan, um, going back to that network, uh, that vice president of a bank, this is a great story, Nate, I took a sheet of paper and said, here's all the things that I have. Here's $28,000 that I need. Can you give it to me? And he said, if I didn't know you, I'd kick you out of the bank right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so what did he do from there? He uh, he actually taught me how to write a business plan right then and there. Now, I have a business major at this point, uh, business minor, sorry, in college, and I never knew how to write a business plan. Right. Um, never was taught that it wasn't part of the curriculum for some reason. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that networking actually taught me how to do that. So one more step before teaching. And that was a, I got an uh, opportunity to at my uh, girlfriend, now wife's uh, elementary school to um, you know, uh, we, they did morning announcements on tape. And what they needed is somebody to come in with all this equipment. And back then it wasn't your iPhone um, and teach the kids how to use it and have them record video announcements every uh, once a week. And, you know, it was a little bit of a stipend, but it was mostly volunteer. 
And I did that. Uh, the kids were third through fifth grade. Um, the kids, uh, some kids were labeled as, and I'm not a big labeler, but uh, labeled as great academics. And, and some kids were labeled as struggling kids, get them out of the classroom. Um, but in the end, every a kid, the, the, the teachers would come to me and say, this, you know, young man, young girl is, they're excelling now. Um, because they were learning math, science, English, uh, they were in front of a camera, they were speaking, um, they were doing uh, editing using algebra. Um, and that was it. That was when I knew now I got to go back and get, uh, get my, um, get my teaching certificate there. Um, bounced around in sales in there too. I, there was a lot of different jobs that we right. could go on and on, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's how I became a teacher. And then you got uh, got into the world of education and, uh, you know, from different things at different schools as I'm just, you know, coming through your LinkedIn and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working a curriculum and, you know, getting into to your Disrupt Education podcast and, and continue to have uh, interest in content and business, uh, but also uh, uh, teaching. So, you know, yeah, you're, you're spending a lot of plates, too. Yeah. Uh, but I guess talk through, you know, you can give us the, uh, I guess the, the 30 second or the elevator pitch on what it is. And, and you're probably in the same boat when someone says, well, what do you do? And you probably <laughs> say, well, what don't I do? Um, you know, the same stuff that comes out, but, you know, talk about your work and, and, mm -hmm. and how you complement stuff you do within the classroom and also beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I mean, in, in one one sentence that took me a while to get was my value is helping others find and show their value, right? That's, that's my tagline. So that's what I do. Um, it just so happens that I teach business in high school as well. Right. Um, I think modeling it is very important. Um, and, you know, when I was in high school, I look back into just checking the box. Um, you know, my, my father was in my high school. I couldn't get away with anything, um, which was kind of a good thing, but there wasn't really, it was, you're going to do this to go to the next step. There wasn't really anything there to kind of dive deeper into my own skill sets and, and, you know, what am I good at? Right. Um, I, you know, I was all right in athletics or, you know, I mean, I passed classes, right. But what does that even mean? So what, what I did is as I went into the classroom, I went into to it with the idea of helping others find their skill sets. Like, what are you good at right now? Right. Um, and we have a lot of similarities in, in what we do, Nate, because it's 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 very gratifying if a student is struggling at school, home, social, emotionally, whatever. When you can pick one thing and and work with that student on that one thing they're really good at or they're really interested in at that time. Um, it changes the world. I mean, it really, really opens up more opportunities. And I did that late in life. So in that whole, you know, conversation of where I came from and what I was doing um, out of that, I wanted other people to do that earlier. I, I want other people to understand, you know, how do they how do they connect their passions or their interests with the with the real world? It's hard to say. Um, in, even if they're in school or academics. And one of the things that I decided to do was to start asking students, well, what does school, what would school look like for you? Like, what's, what do you want it to be? 
Um, and boy, I started getting a lot of different answers. And that's where the Disrupt Education podcast came from. It was actually started as a YouTube channel. And all that was started because one student said, you're the Gary V of education. Now, I've come to learn. And if anybody knows, you've, you've cleaned Don up your language is, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, my ego kind of blew up there. Um, but yeah, you know, um, so and then I came to find out, and which hopefully you guys will meet. But uh, Don Wetrick, I want to give him a, a shout out there because actually Gary V contacted him. So I'm like, oh man, here's a guy. No, um, but uh, anyway, I digress. Um, so I started, you know, working on like things like if I'm going to tell students, you should do what you're interested in now and learn from it. Well, then darn it, I better do that. Right. I mean, um, so kind of going back to the broadcast journalism past and, and socializing and learning from people and networking. Well, podcasting was evolving. Um, this is around 2016. Anchor FM showed up. Everything was free. It was all, you know, bouncing out there. And so I just started. And to me, that's uh, that was a little bit longer than a 30 second pitch. But like, that's really <laughs> the the gist of of what I do. Um, and I just love learning. I mean, I, I really do. I love challenging things and asking questions that make people uncomfortable. Well, when you talked about uh, asking students, you know, what what do you think school should look like? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like they were giving you more answers on what it should look like or what it should not look like? Where That's they a good right question. Away? Yeah, it, it was it was both. They always start with, you know. I always try to try to, you know, everybody goes negative. Well, you know, it sucks because we're in prison or it looks like this. And, <laughs> yep, and we hear that knows, one too. Yeah. Right. And then I'm like, well, what would you do? Right. What would you change? Um, and so I started to reframe the question a little bit. So, um, you know, based on the framing of the question I'm asking, um, yeah, I get, I get a pretty good mix of both. I try to get, um, you know, what it should be um, more freedom, uh, more experiences, uh, how can I make money <laughs> while I'm here? Um, do I have to take math, science, English, history for four years straight? Does it mean anything? Can it connect right. to the world? Um, I need to learn more about money, life. Um, and that that's part of, part of the reason why I became a business teacher, because I, it was the quickest way for me to get into being an educator um, with the degrees that I had. However, it it's to me, everything connects to it. So, um, you know, that that's the way that that I hear from students, the positive and the negative. What do what does the traditional teacher think of you? Oh. <laughs> um, is that a loaded question? That is a loaded question. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, not too much. You know, um, it's I, I think if somebody's stuck, they're going to be if you're doing things right and changing, um, the, it, they're, they're scared. I mean, they're scared. Right. Um, but I, but I also look at it as an opportunity to help a traditional teacher, right. Um, taking the high road here, I used to get really mad at traditional teachers, but then when you start to empathize, it's like, okay, so how can we, how can we take this math and put building together with it? How can we take science and take health and drop these things into how people are eating? You know, I mean, there's so many opportunities and that's where I put my focus. Now I'll be honest, Nate, like back in the day, I'd be pissed off every day. I'm like, why are you doing this? And I would fight the system. Um, and I think what's what's kept me in the system um, in working with traditional educators, um, which, you know, I will tell you, like when I started, I you are trained as a traditional educator yeah. um, and you're very much trained to control the room, 
um, control what people are learning, control how they're acting, um, which I get. Um, so when you start to look at it that way, and then you start to look at the opportunities there, that's, you know, okay, that's when my mindset started changing. So, um, they, the, you, know, you know, the student, uh, I guess the, the way we can now be educated has changed tremendously mm -hmm. since yeah. that first, uh, normal school was developed yeah. and, you know, you know, that, that process just hasn't changed. And, you know, I said something to somebody today about, you know, it's like, I think it was a question, why, why can't we find teachers? And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to hire you for a job and I say, here's what you can teach, here's what you need to teach, don't go outside of the box or do anything else, and you're going to get paid this much, you may or may not get an increase next year, uh, and uh, just plan on doing it for 30 years. <laughs> Would that, does that excite you? <laughs> no, you know, right. but when you define it that way, but, you know, when you look at what education can be and the work that you're doing and, and to an extent that I'm doing, uh, it's a big ship with a small rudder that, that, that trying to evolve things. But, you know, I, I, I think I can speak for you. We're not doing this for us. You no, know, I see yeah. it from an economic development perspective um, on what our communities, what our uh, companies need and economies need uh, to help sustain our world in the future. Right. With these with these kids coming through. Right, right. I see. Um, I see a lot of opportunity, and you know, there, there's a disconnect between even if, uh, um, you know, the school system itself and its students. Right. So one of the things I'm focusing on right now is how do we get students actually fixing and or I shouldn't say fixing, but but working with the challenges within the system. Right. So. You know, I'm working. I'm I'm lucky. I, I've got a a, a great uh, superintendent, um, a great um, district administration, where they're now starting to look at you know communicating with the um, outside world, their their stakeholders, and so you know I put it out there. Um, hey, why don't we have an entrepreneurship class? We're working on channel of the business model canvas. You know, here are students. Here is the community. Let's do a project. And they, you know, they came in and they, they, you know, helped us figure out our students figure out, okay. And the students became part of the solution of, of figuring out how, how we can better communicate with our stakeholders. But it's um, like once businesses yeah. see, I'm sure once businesses see that you're doing things differently and it's, it's where they are lined up and business model canvas and real, yeah. it's not just simulations, but working on projects, yeah. um, they're really engaged. And then they probably become some of your biggest advocates you know, if there's ever a question within the district that this is wrong, it's like, well, I've got 12 business partners right here that say what we're doing is right. They're already paying us, Nate. They're they're paying us through taxes. We might as yeah. well give them some some work, right? Um, and you can do this with math, science, English, anything. I mean, I just am lucky that I'm in business. So yeah, we're working with sandwich shops. We're actually, I'm in conversations with uh, Walgreens, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that we can do this. And, um, you know, to me, that's fun. And then there's curriculum writing underneath all that, right? So, you know, we're talking about all these different jobs and such. Um, you don't have to be a teacher. I mean, you can, you can write curriculum, you can, like yourself, you know, um, you have to be that, that translator between education and, you know, the outside world, because they do not mesh that well. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of struggle there. Um, but there's excitement, man, when when you give students, and I don't care if you're K through 12, K through gray, 
a, a real project to work on where they can not only learn from, but also gain skill sets, gain networking, gain all these things that can um, help open up more opportunities for them. Man, that's that's life, man. That's that's living life large right there. What what needs to happen in your opinion, from your viewpoint experience, to to allow the floodgates to open, to to um, allow I won't make this a type of teaching, this allow, <laughs> allow this type of teaching and learning yeah. to to really blossom from where it's been. Well, I think I think it actually I think we did hit the the iceberg, and that's called AI, right? I I really do. I think that you know this Chat GPT. Um, all this stuff that's coming out, there's there's no way you're going to stop it. And it's going to, I, I think that's what needed to happen to where, you know, there's so much knowledge, you know, Jack Ma said knowledge is dead, right? You have to really, and I don't think knowledge is completely dead, but um, we, you have to figure out, okay, what are your skills? How can you help others? What are what are these pieces that you can put together? And like, what show what you know, right? Let's Let's not like, and showing what you know is not, you know, I'm going back to my SAT. It's not like that is not vindictive of what I knew. Right. Um, so I think, I think it's already happening. Um, you know, we're already having conversations with teachers, but I don't think that fundamentally administrators, lawmakers really understand that this is going to flip education on its head. It's already happening. So, um, I'm excited about it. It's it's scary because change is scary, right? And going back to that traditional educator, you know, there there are some great traditional educators out there, right? They understand how to connect with students, but not always in today's, you know, skill sets and today's, you know, communication. So, you know, if that transition can happen, um, which it's going to have to, um, I think I think that's what's going to open up the floodgates. I really I really do think it has just opened up. I think we're seeing the beginning of the gash in the side of the Titanic right now. Yeah, I think I saw California was like banning use of of that AI and you well, know, they can try. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I and it's like right. in the, the, the I think uh, maybe it was you that posted. It was you know it was New York you, City. Yeah. How do yeah. you how do you adapt? Uh, to be able to complement to use it, you know, we were even using it today for a caps uh, uh, communication, and I don't know what we typed in, but it, it <laughs> typed in caps related to durable skills, and it put this whole thing like, wow, right? But then it comes really down to uh, critical thinking, mm -hmm. is having that 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 durable skill, because that could do a Google search, but you yeah. still have to decide which one you're following, right? And exactly. not just the first one. Or yeah. Wikipedia of understanding if that's accurate or in line or that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So the funny, the funny thing underneath all this is, you know, we could go on and on, but like the testing companies, college admittance, all this have they've already been using AI. So it's kind of funny that the people who are quote unquote in control of the next level of education, they've always been using AI. They've been using, you know, different ways. Even when you go to a job, right? And if you don't have the right words on a resume or a portfolio, you know, that, that you get cut. Why? Because AI is looking at it. So, yeah, but now you disrupt it from, uh, from that level or even from uh, somebody who's not a Pearson or an ACT or a college board uh, or even bigger. Uh, yeah. it, it does get into question, but uh, I, I guess, Peter, as we close out here a little bit, uh, you know, I guess talk more about your podcast, talk more about Spike View, 
uh, and what is in store for 2023 for for you and the work you're doing with those you are engaged with? Yeah, absolutely. Our podcast is called Disrupt Education, and uh, Ali Privet and I are co-hosting this year. Um, we're bringing actually you're you're on the podcast, but we're bringing out great stories to share with people in the educational sense. So you don't have to be a teacher, but like, you know, we're, we're amplifying the disruptors, the people who are doing some crazy, awesome things. It's very easy to say education sucks. I think it's harder to say, just like you said, what are, what are the good things? So that's disrupt education. I also work with spike view, which is more about showing what, you know, um, spike view is an online portfolio, uh, student, um, first portfolio creator, um, that helps students, uh, create their professional selves, um, K through gray. I use it. Um, it's it's basically the resume 3.0. The paper resume is pretty much going to go away. Um, and now with AI and all this different th these different things, like you really have to show who you are and and what you know and bring your whole learning journey together. Right? You're more than grades. You're more than test scores. Uh, you have skill sets. You have problem solving things that you've done. So that's what SpikeView is. And that's a spikeview.com. I create curriculum on board. Um, I'm, it's an ed tech startup and I, and I love doing that. Um, and I also just do some curriculum writing. 2023 has a lot of projects in it. Um, we're going to be working with community members, um, community businesses, uh, our own school system. So if anybody out there wants to, you know, figure out ways to work with your school system, give me a ring. Um, I'm at peterhostrasser.com. Or just uh, you know, look up Peter Hostrasser. You'll you'll find me out there, and we'll put it all in the show notes. But you had some, there was something you were just saying, K through gray. Yeah, talk about that. Um, usually, you know, like when you go into ed tech companies, um, you know, it used to be like K through twelve, K through eight, so kindergarten through twelve or whatever. K through gray is basically something that lasts. You, you, we're lifelong learners, right? It's just a newer way of saying being a lifelong learner, but it's it's something that stays with you your entire life, right? So if you can imagine a place where you can start your your learning process and you start collecting, and and you started when you're ten. And now you're here and you're still collecting, right? And you have that all in one. It's not a place where your mom put everything in a three ring binder, right? Um, which I still have from high school. That's K through gray. Um, so it's basically, you know, all the way through your traditional education, whatever that looks like into your professional self. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, that's a game changer for me um, because it means a lot more for our students because they're like, oh, wait, I'm going to use this beyond. This isn't just for me to get to the next level. Um, there's a lot of impatient kids who are yeah. teens, Nate. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> it's going from that fin fin finite mindset uh, yeah. to the infinite mindset Correct. because it's K through six or K through 12 or K through yeah. 16 and then it's next. But I yeah. do love that K through K through gray, lifelong learner, always, always growing, always, uh, uh, always seeing what can be next for you. But Peter, Thank you for uh, the connection that we made over the last few years. And thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity, Nate. And I thank you for listening and being on this journey. And please subscribe and share this podcast. It's called That's a Job. It's on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you're connected to a student out there looking at gaining confidence for their pathway after graduation, please invite them to nateclayberg.com and have them get the free 10-step checklist that will help them launch into a life with purpose beyond graduation. Now, go live your life with purpose.
If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.